The book of 2 Chronicles chapter number 34 uh, will be our text. Um, I like these men, I, I believe these men, I have no doubt, preach with a burden and a fervor and a, and a necessity. And that's exactly where I feel uh, on this morning. I, I don't know if this is a title, uh, but, but I'll mention it and then try to drop back around to that when we get to our thought. I guess I have a longer introduction and then a short message. Uh, but I want to I talk to you. Uh, Brother Barnes even mentioned these words. Uh, I want to talk to you about the connection between your exposure and your experiences. There's a connection that's got to be made between what you're exposed to and what you get to experience in your Christian life. I'm interested in that. And uh, so I pray the Lord will help us today. All right. The book of uh, 2 Chronicles chapter number 34. And uh, I want to I begin in verse number 1. 2 Chronicles chapter 34 and verse number 1. Give you just a moment to turn there. And, uh, and then give you what's on my heart. Just, just a few things. And I know we say this a lot. Lord, really, when I woke up this morning, I, I woke up and it uh, seemed like God was just... Uh, had these verses just burning in my heart, so I pray to be a help to you. And then we'll go eat something. I don't know what we're going to eat, but we're going to eat something. And all God's people said, amen, right there, all right. Uh, chapter 34, 2 Chronicles, the first word, Josiah. Josiah is going to be a, a good study. Uh, Josiah is a king. He's one of the kings, and he's, uh, we'll give a little bit of details about him. But King Josiah... Really, and, and I know as, as you study through 1 Kings, 2 Kings, and then the 1 Chronicles, it's going to mention about these kings, and you study them, and so there's, if there is any good that's mentioned, and then if there's negative that's mentioned, you're going, to, you're going to be remembered by something. And you are determining now about what you're going to be remembered by. And so, Josiah, I, I find out really as far as the, the recording in 2 Chronicles about him in, in 34, 35, and 36... Brother John, really the only time Josiah gets a negative report or messes up, he gets in trouble for fighting the wrong fight. I want to I make sure that I'm fighting the good fight of faith, but I want to make sure that I'm fighting the right fight. Amen. It is a, I want to make sure that I'm fighting the right fight, that I'm fighting the right enemy in the fight. As a matter of fact, what a joy it is to be in a meeting like this and to realize that uh, we're, not, we're not in this thing alone. It is a joy to be your, your co-laborer and not your competitor. Amen. If this is a preaching competition. Everybody knows Brother Allen's the best preacher in here. Somebody say amen right there. And so if this, we, no, but it is a joy. I, I thank God that he saved me and, uh, and that, I'm, that I'm getting to live for him. But I'm glad for the people that I get to live for God with. And that's a little bit of heaven to go to heaven on right there. Amen. It's the joy to be a co-laborer together. So Josiah, is, he runs well till he gets in the wrong fight. Notice some things. And I want to just point out, first of all, the background that he overcame. Josiah now is going to come from not a godly heritage. The Bible mentions his, dad, or his grandfather's Manasseh and his daddy is Ammon. Just a couple of things. Look at verse number 21. The Bible said, And Ammon was two and twenty years old when he began to reign. This is the preceding chapter. And he reigned two years in Jerusalem. But he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, as did Manasseh his father. So when Josiah comes on the scene, and we'll get to his age in just a moment, he is uh, coming on the scene or going to take the throne. He's not coming behind godly people. 
Preacher, he is not coming behind some men who have been consistent and they've labored and they've loved God. But yet, in spite of all that, we find that Josiah rises above that and he does something for God. I'm thankful this afternoon for the grace of God that can use your life despite of where you come from and what you were. I'm thankful for that. I, I'm thankful. And, and, and I'm thankful for a God that can reach further down than you and I could reach up and that got us up out of a mess, saved us by the gift. I hadn't gotten over where I was and what I was when Jesus saved me. But when I think about the, probably the group that's here among the schools and the young people that are here, uh, somewhere in your life there was a, a mama or a daddy or a grandparent that Jesus came by where they were and, and your life is different because of what God did for them. My daddy grew up forgotten about. He, I mean, I'm not getting to his background and all those things. And uh, on my on my uh, grandparents' side, on one side, they uh, on one side of his family, they were gamblers. On the other side, they were chicken fighters. Better not say that too loud because you probably get away with it up here in these hills, amen. And uh, and they, all that. But one day, my daddy got to a Baptist church at 32 years old, and for the first time in his life, he heard John 3:16, and and my daddy got gloriously born again by the grace of God and my life was different because of what God did for my daddy brother Morgan the grace of God listen young people the grace of God reached in and changed our world and that happened to some of your family members but you didn't grow up that way you didn't grow up knowing the the hardships of sin you grew up knowing amazing grace before you ever learned the nursery rhymes. You, you could quote John 3, 16, and it said all that to say this, the grace of God puts your family out, and if you go to the world, you have to step over the grace of God. Yeah, man, I mean, God, God is serious about you living for Him. And it's not by accident that you're here. It's not by accident that the great work that God did. And all you got to do is just get in line and pick up that torch and serve God. And, and But you're on the little end of something big. And there's battles and there's hardships. But you mark it down. There isn't a preacher in here. There isn't a grandma or a grandpa that would go back and say, I hate I got saved. Or I wouldn't. Oh, no, friend. If we had to do it all over again, we'd do it all over again. Amen. So Josiah, he is background. And then, and then I noticed some very bold decisions. All right, watch it. Stay with me now. It, the Bible said in verse number 1 and 2 and 3, there's some bold. The Bible said he was 8 years old. Now, I, didn't, I ain't got my mind wrapped around this yet, but they're, they're turning the keys over to an 8-year-old. If you're 8 years old, raise your hands. Say, any 8-year-olds in the building? All right, anybody? All right, could you imagine turning it over? Now, I know what my son was like at 8 years old. Lucas, how old are you? Nine. That's close enough. Can you imagine us just, we're going to let Lucas run the meeting. That means the rest of the services will be recessed. Amen right there. I, I'm just, but, but here it is, and at eight years old, he, he is already making some spiritual decisions. Listen to me, young people. Your spirituality is your responsibility. You're, you're, it, you, you can have a pastor full of the Holy Ghost. You can have a mama and a daddy that is full of the Holy Ghost. But just because they're spiritual doesn't mean you're going to be spiritual. Your spirit, matter of fact, listen now. If you're old enough to be saved, you're old enough to be spiritual. Amen. 
So I find that his bone, he makes some spirit. The Bible said he's eight years old. He reigns in Jerusalem. He is, he is hanging around spiritual places. Thank God. It ain't going, if you came, and Brother Chris said this, if you had to be forced to come here, you ought to thank God that somebody loved you enough to bring you to the house of God and get you around these things. But oh, happy day in your life when you quit being forced to come to church. And you show up on Sunday morning morning as a young person saying praise God if I got to tell 50 red demons to scoot over I came to have church I'm glad to be here I want to be here and you let God do something for you amen he fastens himself in then hurley and then I find he personally seeks God. Look, look at verse number 2. The Bible tells us in the text in verse number 2 Bible said and he, and he did that which was right Nothing wrong with doing right. That word right means to be straight or upright or correct. It means to be pleasing to authority. It means to be righteous. And that's not popular. I'm telling you, that's not popular to do right in this day and hour. But I promise you this, when you pillow your head at night and you've got the peace of God in your heart, if you lose friends, if you lose family, if you lose opportunities, it'll be okay. Because what God gives you when you choose right is far better than anything the devil could ever give you. Praise God, that's right. God always chooses the best for those who let God do the choosing. Hey, I want to tell you something right here, friend. At 42 years young, I am telling you, God has never shorted me one bit. God's never done me wrong. But he'll not be indebted to no man. He's given me more than I could ever give him. He has been good to me. And I'm telling you, I don't regret one bit choosing right. I don't regret one bit calling God. It has been a wonderful life choosing right for Jesus Christ. Listen, you're going you're gonna to have to give some things up, but it's worth it all to do right, amen. And young people, here you are today, and man, your school lets you come to church. Well, ain't that wonderful? And, and you're in the house of God, and you're going to be faced with crossroads in your life, and the devil makes things look good, but he is a liar, and you just keep choosing right. In your youth, just keep choosing right. As you get older, you got to keep choosing right. And every time you choose right, you'll find out how faithful God is, and you'll find out how big God is, and you'll find out how giving God is. But you must choose right to get those wonderful things. And so he chooses right. Watch it. I notice his character in verse number 3. The Bible said, Do that which is right in the eyes of the Lord. And here it is. He walked in the ways of David his father. Now he is, you ready? He turns his back on what Ammon and, and Manasseh did. And he says, let, let me find out somebody who knew something about God. And let me do it the way that they did it. He, are you ready? He, he admits that I don't know everything. Though I have a teenager in the building. I mean, here on a Friday, I mean, midday, we're about to have revelation. Is there a teenager in the building that would raise your hand and say, I don't have all the answers? Do I have? Well, look at that right there. Pray. Somebody get ready. Revival about to break out. I mean, I'm about to have the big one, Elizabeth. I mean, I, 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 I
but I'm telling you, and but happy day when you realize I don't have all the answers. But I do know this, there's a God in heaven who has never failed. He's never went wrong. He's never made a mistake. He's never had to back up and do it again. And so when you trust God and you follow God and you follow God's way, you can know He knows what He's doing. Amen. And then when I love this, he doesn't come on the scene saying, yeah, well, David did it wrong and they did it wrong. Let me show you how to do it. He doesn't come on trashing and, and being negative about his heritage. He comes on the scene saying, let me, let, let me do it like those who did right did it. Somebody help me now. <laughs> I said this at our church the other day. No, I, I'm, not, I'm not prying. But, and I, I think Brother Allen's in the same boat, but I, when, he, when I get done, he can straighten it all out. And I saw him the other day, I said, listen, wearing a necktie don't make me spiritual. When I pray, when I get in the pool, don't make me spiritual. I said, but when, and, and our church, we, and our church, Brother Milton Taylor is a, is a member of our church. And in my opinion, the greatest preacher in America, Brother Tony Finney's my pastor. And I said, when, Brother, when Preacher Finney quits wearing a necktie, and Brother Milton Taylor quits wearing a necktie, I said, then I'll consider not wearing a necktie. But as long as there's some men who've been faithful for God in front of me, and some men say, everybody ain't ducking their colors, everybody ain't changing their Bible, everybody ain't walking away. There's some people who started right, living right, finishing right, and you just jump in line behind them, and you watch God bless you your life. Mm, hallelujah. I want what my papa had. I want what my daddy had. I want what those preachers had. I say thank God for my heritage. Amen. We're not running from it. We're embracing what God did in front of us. Praise God. That's right. I, I never had the opportunity. I, I, I got to shake his hand. That was about it. I didn't get to meet him, but I, I realized where I'm at, and I realized the impact. But I guarantee you this. If Brother Allen were to walk in church today, if Brother Sammy Allen walked in here, there's some men in here probably wouldn't even let him get in the doors without hugging his neck and thanking him for the investment that they put in. And I got men in my life, and you got men. I'm telling you, there's going to be this temptation to go a different route. But here's a man who said, hey, I want to do it like David did it. All right, watch it now. Notice this. Look in verse number 3. You ready? We're going somewhere to stay with me now. The Bible said, you ready? Here it is. He said, he walked away said, David, declined either the right hand or the left. He's not fickle. He's not flip-flopping. Okay? Let me stop here. Young people, listen to me for a minute. You are, you ready? If you're a teenager, you are made up of about 98% emotion. Say amen right there. I just had some teenage girls say amen. I'm telling you, I'm going to take y'all to every youth meeting I preach, amen. I'm telling you, I'm, can y'all go, amen. I, I mean, you, you, and, and you, you say, well, I'm not emotional. Well, let me put old yellow on. By the way, he don't make it. I don't know if y'all have seen old yellow or not. Somebody help me right there. And I'm sorry, Brother Chris. I didn't mean to mess your childhood up right there. And... Uh, and, and we, we get emotional. And you're going to have so the best thing to do. You, you can't really control your emotions, but you can build and feed your spirituality. 
So it's not, I don't want to go. And, 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 and here's, why, here's why I've been stopped there. It's because happy day in your life when you realize I don't have to be at a certain meeting uh, or I don't have to just be at youth camp for God to move or youth revival. I mean, buddy, God's got on the mountaintop. He's got in the valley. He'll meet with you in the classroom. He'll meet with you at the youth camp. He'll show up in your car. Uh, he'll get big in your bedroom. Thank God. Uh, he'll show up at your church on Sunday morning. I mean, you just realize how big he is and let God stabilize your life. Now watch it now. So you get down to verse number 3. Here it is. Verse 3. And I, and I notice that not only do you find these elements uh, of his character and his boldness, but in verse 3 it says, For thee in the eighth year, 16 years old now. Ready? That's about as far as my math will take you. I just found out that Dr. Allen teaches math classes. I thought, finally, I've got a math tutor in my life. Thank God. Amen. I, I know God brought us together for a purpose. Amen. From the eighth year, he's 16 now. While he was yet young, he began to seek after the God of David. Brother Chris, up until this point, he's saying, okay, I tell you what I want to do. I, I've, I've heard the success of David. I've heard the stories. And so now he, he is not just seeking after what somebody told him. Now it gets personal. And he said, I, I, more than just going after what they had, I'm going to get something personal for me. Oh, hallelujah. He said, okay, I've heard the stories I want God to do something for me. I thank God for the stories. I thank God for my heritage. I thank God for the old time meeting. But young people, what you need is to let God get personal with you. And you believe God for great things. And you believe God can do something in your church. And you believe God can do something in your school. And you believe God can meet your needs. And you'll find out He'll keep His promises to you just like He does for you, Pastor. Amen. I, I'm gonna tell you, I'm, I'll, I'll never get over this. This 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 summer, preacher, our young, back back in the springtime, we had a little getaway with our young people, and, I, and I'm watching the time. Don't worry. And we had a little getaway with our young people, and when we had that little getaway, we're, we went to. Uh, we had, we're going to a theme park, had a big weekend away, and so Friday night it's time to bed them down in the cabins. And I told our youth leaders, I said. I said, uh, it was about 15 till. I said, we're going to have word devotion and pray. Get them in bed by 11 o'clock. And uh, we got in. We read a verse. And about that time, God got on one of our boys. And that boy got to testifying about God and, and got talking about the goodness of God in his life. And then a young lady got to testifying about God and how good the Lord had been and what God had been doing in her heart. And, and this one testified. And then one of our boys said this. He said, I, I believe God's done some great things for us. He said, but, if we're, we're, but we're forgetting about the young ones in our church. We're forgetting about those who aren't saved. Those who can come on this trip. And our young people that night, they made you ready? Our young people made a prayer list. And they got to praying for the lost teenagers and the lost preteens and the children in our church. I'm not going to get the list out, but we made that prayer list, and those young people got to praying and preacher since March. Uh, maybe one over here. That uh, maybe one over here. That uh, maybe one over here. Young people, listen to me. You can carry the spiritual weight of your church. You can get involved. Uh, praise God. You might miss out what the world has, and I'm telling you, you're missing nothing. Uh, uh, but you find your little place in the house of God. Uh, uh, there's got to be more than just going to church three times a week. Uh, there's more than just getting 
singing in the choir. There's a great big God that can use your life. There's a great God that can mold you and get involved in what God's doing. Amen. And you know what that did for our pastor? You, you want to tell, I'm going to tell you something. You know what that did? That put wind in my pastor's sail. Nothing will impact a Nothing will keep this man of God fresh with a burden to serve God like young people in his church getting involved in what's on his heart. Amen. Man, i got to hurry. Watch this. So Josiah, he's, he's heard the stories. He's going after God. I gotta hit these quickly in verse verse three, really down to about verse number uh, verse number seven. Uh, he he breaks free from the Baal worship in the land. See what happened in his heart couldn't be contained in one place. It's breaking out. Praise God! I like to hear about them kind of breakouts. Somebody help me right there. So in in, in verse number three, the word you'll find is purge. Verse number four. Uh, he breaks things down. In verse number 5, he burnt the bones of the priests who were Baal worshipers. Uh, in, in verse number 6, he uh, sends word to Manasseh and Ephraim and Simeon and Naphtali. And they, they go and they break up. the. Somebody say, man, that seems awful excessive. Well, is there anything we won't do to see God do something? What? These men of God had preached to you. Others will say, well, that seems awful excessive. I don't know if I'd go that far. And I'm telling you, oh, hallelujah. Don't put any marks on what you won't do to see God do something great in your life. Take the, take the roadsides down. Take the tape up, whatever it is. And you just go with God and see how big God is. Verse 7, he breaks down the altars and the groves. Don't down the line. Verse number 8, I don't have time to deal with this. Verse number 8 down to verse number 13. Uh, he begins to build or rebuild the house of God. He starts repairing things. Remember now, at this time he's 26 years old. Now get this, what started in him at 8 years old, what went public at 16 years old, is now impacting him as a young adult. Did you get that? You say, well one day, Brother Aldridge, I'm going to go to a service, I'm going to go to a camp, and I'm going to, somebody's going to preach that message and I'm going to push a magic red button that we got hid behind the pulpit and everything in my life's going to be fine and I'm going to be spiritual and I'm going to make the right no, 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 that's not how that happens. If you walk away from the truth you heard from these men today, if you walk away from this truth today unchanged, that was preached yesterday, unchanged, just, just uh, apathetic toward it, if you walk away, you're going to miss something God's trying to do in your life. So he gets involved. As he gets involved, he's working at the house of God. Here's the point I want to make. Look with me in verse number 14. Look at verse 14. Here's my thought. Here's my message, my burden. I'll be done in just a moment. Look at verse 14. You ready? The Bible said in verse 14, And when they brought out the money that was brought into the house of the Lord, Hilkiah, the priest, found a book of the law of the Lord given by Moses. And Hilkiah answered and said to Shaphan the scribe, I found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah delivered the book to Shaphan. And Shaphan carried the book to the king and brought the king word back again, saying, All that was committed to thy servant, they do. 
The Bible said in verse 17, And they have gathered together the money that was found in the house of the Lord, delivered it under the hand of the overseers, under the hand of the workmen. And on and on down the line, you get down to verse number 19, And it came to pass, when the king heard the words of the law, that he rent his clothes. And it goes on and on. Here's, here's my point. Brother Chris, he makes spiritual choices. He sides against sin. He follows the right crowd. He then begins to seek after God. And to put it in modern day terms, he didn't even have a Bible. Brother Mark didn't, didn't have, didn't, he'd done all of that just off of realizing how, what God had did for David and hearing stories. And that's wonderful, but you got something better than just, and I think, I'm telling you, I love it. Man, I love it. I love to hear about it. But more to hear about it, I got three, I got a, I got a 17, I'm going to be 17 years old, I got a 19 year old, I got a 20 year old, but I want them to have more than just heard about it. I want them to see it. How many of you young people, how many of you young people, you got a Bible? Raise your hand at me. And I say young, if you feel like you're young in heart, wave at me, very God. You, you in the mix, amen. Thank you, Brother John. Got a Bible. How many of you young people know you say, by the grace of God? Unashamed, Brother Audrey, on church on Friday. Unashamed, say, by the grace of God. How many young people go to a good church? You got a, you got a good church. Got a good, what church you go to? You go here? Are you kidding me? What's your name? Adam. Nice to meet you, Brother Adam. Can you help me for a minute? Come here, Brother Adam. Come here for a minute. Come here, Brother Adam. So, come right up here. We're going to let everybody see how handsome you are. Come on right here. All right. Yeah, I'm pretty, to be honest, I'm a little envious of that mustache. I can't grow one. Mine, mine, mine is like something died. Yours, yours is doing pretty good. You got that stash. And, and but you, you got a Bible. I saw your hand raised, said you're saved. And you go to church where? Here. You mean, you mean, and I don't, I'm, not, I'm not saying, I, there may be some local churches here. I just don't know any other local church. But as far as I know, this is the best church in the area. Don't you think so? So you go to church. So you got a, you got a, you got a Bible. You're saved. You go to a good church. Who's your preacher? You talking about, is that, that's your man of God right there? How many of you preachers in here count Brother Will as a high friend? And you wouldn't mind a bit. Look, these preachers, you, you preachers wouldn't mind one bit pulling your feet under the table for Brother Will to feed you every week. You see that? When your pastor's name is mentioned, nobody has to hang their head. But you got a man of God. Goodness, brother. I'm going to be honest with you. There's some young people here who be awful jealous of you. You go to church here? Did your family go to church here? Your family goes to church? You got a family? Was you here at the meeting last night? Man, got the Holy Ghost inside of you. Got a youth group? Go to a Christian school? Homeschool. Homeschool. I praise God. That's good. You get to stay in your jammer. Say amen. No, I'm sure you don't. I'm sure you don't. I'm sure you don't. All I'm saying is, he did all that, didn't even have a Bible. Young people, look at all God gave you. Look at what God gave you. Brother Aldridge, why would God do that? He is exposing you to life-changing things so that you won't just drift through, and I'm not being ugly, just drift through another church service, another chapel service, another youth camp, another youth meeting, 
another choir, and just drift, 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 drift. He gave you all that so that you could be great for God. Watch it. I thought about this. I, I don't know these things as well. Just, just learned about this. I looked some of this stuff up. I'll probably say some of the words wrong. But, Brother Will, I was, I was looking this up. The mighty Mississippi River. Mighty Mississippi River. At the headwaters of the mighty Mississippi, and some of you probably know this better than me, I believe it's pronounced Lake Atasca in Minnesota. At its headwaters, the mighty Mississippi River is about 18 feet wide and about waist deep. What about that? It produces only about six cubic feet of water. Then, at its wide, the Mississippi at its widest point, if I got this correct, is about 11 miles wide and in some places 200 feet deep. It sustains life. It uh, gets food to places. It provides work. Could I say it this way? Many places are dependent on the Mississippi River, but not 18 feet wide and not six foot deep. At its largest point, it produces about 500, almost over half a million cubic square feet of water per second. Pretty big. You know what happens? From where it starts to where it dumps into the Gulf, there are tributaries that make it bigger and greater. Between its headwaters and where it ends up at, the, the Arkansas, the Illinois, the Missouri River, the Tennessee, the Ohio, the Red. I like this one, the Waybash. I don't know where that's at, but that's, that sounds like a nice one. From its start to its finish, there are tributaries in its life that make it bigger and greater. You know what God's been doing with that Bible in your hand and the Holy Ghost in your heart and that Christian school that you go to and that Christian family you have and that hero of a man. You know what that is? All of those are tributaries in your life so that you not be great in the world's eyes because it'll pass and go, but so that you could do something for God. Amen. Say this, and I'm done, and I started listening. Sort of thinking about my daddy. He's in heaven. Brother Mark, I probably done told you this. Brother Mark, my daddy went home to be with Jesus December 2021. My daddy got saved, 32 years old, started preaching within a couple of years. Would spend, his, uh, spend time down at Camp Zion, Myrtle, Mississippi. My daddy went home to be with Jesus the first on December the 2nd, 2021, Daddy, boy, he wrestled. He had cancer and just things were eating up. He'd been, in a, he'd been in a coma, just been out of it for several days. And then he would get restless. He'd get restless. Brother Mark, when he'd get restless, we'd play far side for him. And I'm telling you, we get to playing that for him. What my daddy would do, we'd, he'd, he'd, he'd settle in. Tears would begin to fall. And then when my daddy went home to be with Jesus, Daddy been out of it. He ain't said a word. His eyes ain't open. I don't know why I'm telling you this. He ain't been, he'd been out. He ain't said a word. We got the far side, far sides playing. Daddy went home with Jesus. He looked, opened up his eyes. The biggest grin on his face reached his hand out. Went home be with Jesus. Now, if you don't believe that, I'm not going to lose any sleep over that. That doesn't bother me even a little. But that could be why you don't get blessed because you don't believe nothing. But my daddy left and paved a sacrificial price to be a tributary in my life. 
And it is all the goodness and the grace of God. But I would be an ingrate if I turned my back on all that God has invested into me so that I could live for Jesus. Don't turn your back on what God's given you. Embrace it and love it. And do something for God.